0: Welcome back to another edition of the SBK Betting Podcast, Friday 23rd of February, joining you, I think this might be nearly very much our, our final podcast of February as we've obviously got a, a shorter month and I'm sorry that we are a day late for you avid podcast listeners. I was filming yesterday doing some Cheltenham features, so it is my fault, but I will, we will try and endeavour to make it up to you this weekend with some some good tips after another successful weekend. At TC, we all followed you in with Cuthbert Dibble. You made a very good case for him. A horse on the up. And uh, he was a horse that was well backed in the end, went off at six to four. And you did hit the crossbar with, three, with your three other selections, but in general, very good form. Uh, Ross, you had a very strong nap with Botox Haz, and that was part of a Gary Moore uh, double. He won easily at five to two. An interesting weekend, and I suppose a point is going uh, for the Cheltenham Festival. And normally this weekend is the last opportunity to really book your place at the, the Cheltenham Festival. There's the Great 2 Adonis for the Juveniles at Kemp as well as the Dovecot, uh, a potential final at Chepstow. So there's enough without it being one of the greatest weekends in the, in the world. But I suppose there's a lot of racing chat at the moment. We had the Grand National Weights earlier this week, which they always sort of turn into a bit of a, a, a fanfare, a bit of an event. And Ross up at uh, Aintree, up in, in Liverpool, I think it was, we had all the great and the good. I noticed there are a couple of trainers who weren't there. And I was at Venetia Williams this week, who is a Grand National winning trainer, who decided not to go, even though she has a, a runner entered in the race. And I think maybe sign of the times, we know how much of a, a strong presence the Irish have. And the handicapper has made himself known. Nassalam's got a lot of weight, as we've expected. What were your takeaways from the Grand National weights? And have you got an early fancy at this stage with the weights in mind?
1: Well, I, I thought there'd be a few down, now that we've got 34 and it's not, not 40, I think there's a few that have perhaps had their season geared around um, you know, going to Aintree that are going to be a little bit jittery and nervous now that they're going to actually get in. Like the likes of Highland Hunter, who ran a really solid race uh, in the national trial last weekend. He got dropped a pound. That could just be a bit fatal for his, his chance. Kitty's Light, who... I really hope we'll get in. Is is going to be borderline. My my tip back in uh, January for the first week of January was Minello Indo, who was fifty to one at the time. You know, former Gold Cup winner, loads of class, goes to the cross country race as Tiger Roll did and led into entry. I thought he was a huge price at fifty. He's got a nice racing weight. If they all stand the ground of eleven stone four, I do think he's interesting. I think you have to look at Gordon Elliott's horses. To me, Galvin looked a horse that was perhaps in best at the weights, you know, and Gordon did seem to suggest that his season had been geared entirely around that. Um, so that was interesting. But you say type, sign of the times. Why did we have a day where handicap entries for Cheltenham Festival come out on the same day you have the entry weights announced? It just to me seemed absolutely bonkers and so lacking cohesion between the sport that two big days of news and it is always a quiet news time, you know, if we need to you know, why was it not separated out so you had plenty to talk about across a couple of days rather than too much to talk about on one day? That seemed to me a little bit daft.
0: Yeah, fair point. And definitely the Aintree weights uh, usurped the the Cheltenham handicap entries. I know they've got their own sort of weight announcements and handicap announcements next week. So I'm sure Cheltenham will find their opportunity to get back in the news. Not like we've had enough of it anyway. Um, But Aintree will continue on this conversation. We know it will be a very different feel. And Gordon Elliott has said and whether he 's trying to uh, stir up as much as possible reaction, he has said he 'll have at least eight to ten in the race rightly or wrongly, so more of that on the a and the national um, as we head throughout the spring, but for now we'll we 'll focus on this weekend uh, at hand, and as I said, it is Kempton, which is I think unusual for this kind of type of year, and i don 't know about uh, Ross where you are in sunny sunny France and and t c where you are back in black and blighty, but it has been miserable miserable on another scale I've seen over the last few days. I've been in, in Hereford and in the, in the southwest of England, and just the rain has been so persistent, but so heavy, and plenty of racing off today. Huntington couldn't survive. Warwick couldn't survive. Kempton, which is normally okay, is a track that is sort of struggles sometimes to get a bit of soft into it. It's genuinely soft. Nice to see a, a, a clear day today, but Quite interesting, really, what we'll have. The conditions will make it testing for the fe- the race that we're going to feature, the Premier Handicap, the Handicap Chase over three miles. So soft-going conditions, but it will be a test. Now, I looked through this race. I couldn't get overly excited, and I normally try and find a horse that Really would ru- love this track. Captain's quite a specialist, but you see in here more horses that are sort of a fave with those big galloping nature tracks like the likes of Cheltenham and 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 Doncaster and Ascot. And it's interesting, really, to see nothing that really stood out to me. Obviously, we've got a a worthy favourite at the top of the market phlegmatic he won here last time he had an interesting sort in of Chianti Classico running on behind him and he got a bit of a first run on the others we see that that's sort of the way to ride Kempton and I just couldn't really find anything that was massively suited by it I don't know about I'll, I'll go to Ross first potentially what you thought how this race has really turned up it seems like a a muddling one in my eyes
1: yeah I mean I just talking to TC before we came on that I looked at this early in the week, and the ground was was looking nice, and it looked like a competitive race that you could really get stuck into. And I sort of had views on two that I liked, and then obviously reviewing it again yesterday, and the ground has changed, and I found it very difficult to find a forecast that confirmed whether it's going to be buckets more rain or whether it was going to stay dry. Um, I think you're right. I think Phlegmatic is the right favourite, um, but he's essentially up six pound for that win at uh, Kenton last time. He's up three in the handicap. But Tristan Durrell took three off on that occasion and gave him a really good ride. So I don't think you can say it was a ride of a, a three-pound claimer. Um, and going through his form, I find it hard to see any line of form that suggests he's going to want it, want it soft. And I think you could apply the same of uh, that for forward plan, bow to greatness, Lord Baddersley, killer Kane and Captain Ord. And Captain Ord has not shown much in in recent starts. Sam Brown and Al Dancer will like softer ground, but Sam Brown's had a fairly heavy campaign already and has looked a little bit regressive, I thought, in his last couple of runs. Al Dancer, I'm not convinced, will stay because he's quite a keen goer. Stayed very well over two mile four at Chepstow, but I'm just not convinced this is this is for him. So the one I came down on was, was Tweed Skirt. Um, I thought her run in the, in the grade two... Warfield Mares last time, sponsored by SBK, actually was was really solid. Just nine lengths behind Marie's Rock, who is a hard horse to get a handle on. Marie's Rock, because when she's good, she's very very good. She's got an official rating of 150, but you could argue she's potentially better than that when she's at her best. And I think she was last time. um I think Tweedsgaard is still unexposed over this trip over fences, possibly the three, and a half, three mile and a half a furlong stretcher at Doncaster last time, but that was over hurdles. They go harder and on a much more galloping track than than Kempton. She's got really good form around Kempton herself. And for all that she's been previously a non-runner when the ground was soft and her best form so far has been on good to soft, she did win a bumper on debut at Weatherby, I think it was, on heavy ground and then finished third in a bumper, a listed bumper on soft ground, staying on at at the stage. It wasn't like the soft ground there blunted her stamina. Um, She jumps really well. She's got good course form. She's got Nico de Boyneville. And no matter what the weather does and the ground does, I wouldn't mind being with her. So it is a little bit sort of, you know, playing down the middle, if you like. But I I do think Tweed Skirt's got plenty going for her when many of the principals might just not like the ground.
0: Okay, interesting. And potentially this might be her opportunity to show off if she's good enough to go to to Cheltenham. Obviously, she's got that mare's chase entry, but she has looked... Well, especially when she won at Kempton over Christmas, that three miles is a good, nice trip for her. But saying going up that hill at Cheltenham over two and a half miles wouldn't be totally remiss if they do decide to come back for that race in March.
1: Yeah, I think she's got plenty going for her. And and, and I, 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 I know she's had more runs over fences than hurdles. But I just, when I watched through her form, get the impression we've not seen the absolute best of her yet over fences.
0: Interesting. I would have to say, was at Nicky Henderson's, and one of the questions this week, and one of the questions for him about his Cheltenham runners was, Do you have anything else left to run? He said, No, nothing. But we know Nicky. Sometimes he might not remember exactly what's happening over the weekend. But let's see, Tweed Skirt might just sort of put her hand up and say, Don't forget about me. So Ross will definitely be following her in in this handicap chase. Uh, uh, TC, as said, wasn't buoyed with this with the with the field side. Blackjack Magic has also got a lot of respect for. Has had a, a good enough season, probably finding it harder uh, and his rating now after what he did at Wincanton earlier in the year. Is there anything in here that stands out to you massively? And because uh, as we know, there's plenty of racing internationally. It might not be your focal point this weekend.
2: No, it's certainly not. I, I was looking at this race for a long time on Tuesday before declarations came out. And I thought I found a a real good bet, which was Lord Battersley. I'm going to stick with him, but I'll tell you the pros and cons for him in in a second. I agree with both uh, yourself and Ross that Phlegmatic should be favourite in here. He is a course specialist. He has winning form coming into the race. However, he's running off a mark of 140. He's never won off a mark of 140 or, or higher before. So he has got something to prove. Though he did finish second in this race last year off £5 lower. We know that he's going to run his race, whether that's good enough to win. Who knows? But he should be in the three. Um, But I've got to take him on just because he's favorite in this race. And he's probably not bomb-proof. And one horse at a bigger price that I did like was Lord Baddersley. As I say, the pros behind this are that he's he's going up in trip to three miles for the first time. He used to run over two miles, two and a half. And then last time, out of the blue, as a nine-year-old, Connections thought, We'll go a bit further. We'll go two miles, six and a half furlongs at Newbury and see if this sparks some sort of enthusiasm back into Lord Ballersley. Because he was going into that race on the back of four relatively below par efforts. Yet he somehow produced what I would say was a career best over uh, Fences. He, he finished a very good second to a horse called Inch House, who is very hit and miss because his jumping is very hit and miss. Um, but he stayed on really powerfully late in the day. And it sparked enthusiasm for me to suggest that three miles could be this horse's trip, could be the catalyst to seeing huge improvement. And actually, I think he's well handicapped already over the two and a half, let alone if we're going to see an even better horse over this kind of distance. So for that reason, I think Lord Baddersley has to be the player around eight to one. It's also interesting that he has got bits and pieces of form, uh, especially at this track back at Boxing Day 2022. He finished a good fourth behind three nice horses. If he can replicate that over this longer trip, then he would be a player. The caveat is I don't think he wants soft ground. And he definitely doesn't want heavy ground. So the current uh, going is, I think, soft, heavy in places. And he will need it to dry out a little bit to have a great chance in the race. As you say, it is a clear day. I don't live too far from Kempton. I would would consider it as my local. uh, And there's blue skies right now. So hopefully it dries out a touch. I mean, if good came in the description, I'd be super confident with Lord Battersley at a good price. But I think it's more likely to be soft ground and therefore you have to play with a little bit of caution.
0: Yeah. And look, one dry day, I don't think is going to make a huge amount of difference. Just considering how much rain we've consistently had all year. It, uh, it might dry out a little bit but then it just comes back in its bucket loads. I have to say the Chris Gordon yard have just been striking form haven't they? They had a, a bit of a tricky beginning of the season and then this month they've had four winners which is the most amount of winners they've had in any month this season so I think the Chris Gordon team would be happy with where they are. So Lord Battersley represents the yard in, in better form and and I think given a good break as well he's Fresh, which I think is always really uh, beneficial when it comes to these races of a uh, where stamina is at play and you do have to test yourself on the soft ground. Uh, so Law Ballersley uh, for TC, Tweedskirt for Ross. Yeah, we have said it. We've all said that Phlegmatic is the right favourite. So for that in mind, I think if you can get five to one. That's not a bad price for a horse that we've all agreed is the is is worthy to be at the top of this betting. He's a winner here last time out. He got given a fine ride by Harry Skelton. He's only up a three pounds for it. It's a it ha, he'll have to defy a, a a big rating, but he's very well equipped to this track. He doesn't really need to improve massively. I think the race that he won at Kempton last time is a potentially a better race than this. Uh, he's obviously been saved for it. I can't really see. Uh, you know how you know how he'll he'll fare in something like an ultima or even a plate going forward but the ultima maybe that might be where they see him uh, but this is a race where as i said he probably will get out on the front lead as he did the last time and you just can't knock what he's done uh, since uh, he He's he's been back at uh, back at over the season at lights of Ascot, Kempton. So he's sort of been kept at these tracks. So I'm not sure if if, if Cheltenham might be for the best for of for him. So Phlegmatic is my first choice, and then at a bigger prize, I thought Killer Kane was just interesting. I agree with with Ross, and that was the same of of Tom's caveat with his selection that the soft ground might not be to his liking, although he's not been terrible when it's come to soft ground. He's got he just hasn't been tried a huge amount to it. He was interesting last time he returned to uh, the track after a break and wind surgery, which I don't think completely was a was the worst idea. He jumped very nicely. I think it was probably a bit of a confidence boost. He's a horse that I think has always promised a lot and I think they've just been trying to work out you know, maybe where the issues have lied, but he stayed on strong enough to suggest that he could come forward for it for it. He's a, a much bigger price than he probably has ever will ever start off. He was a favourite last time. And uh, he's got winning form at Kempton. So Killer Kane at a, a double figure price. I don't want him to go any shorter than 12 to one as he is right now, maybe tens, but an nice racing weight, Brendan Powell on board who'll get into into a good rhythm. So Killer Kane and Phlegmatic and uh that finishes off the handicap chase where we have to mention there is a very exciting competition just for this week's episode when it comes to this. We have five 20 pounds free bets to give away. So you've got Tweed Skirt from Ross. You've got Lord Battersley from uh, TC. I've given you Phlegmatic, maybe Killer Kane at a bit of bit of a price. And we do have five 20 pound free bets to give, give away. So what you have to do either tweet SBK or comment underneath this podcast on YouTube with your selection for this race. You can copy us if you like, or you might have something else. You might think we're barking up uh, the wrong tree. And the first five correct selections will get a free £20 bet. Uh, T's and C's are in the description to this podcast. So have a look on YouTube if you're uh, listening on one of your podcast apps and uh, get involved. So that's a bit of a fun incentive for this handicap chase. As we said, um, there is racing all over the UK, at Ireland, but also internationally this weekend. So i will be interesting to, to get the thoughts of, of Tom. Our resident normally spends most of his time in Saudi. So he'll be keeping an eye on Riyadh this weekend. We've also got the Winter Derby at Southern, to um, the return of some big eye-catching horses. Um, the Winter Derby has thrown up a, a very uh, exciting list of runners. So I wanted to go to, to Tom first, get your thoughts on what we have internationally, what we've got to look forward to, because there's a Breeders' Cup winner in and amongst that as well. So it's, it's good racing for international fans.
2: Yeah, really good racing over the two days in Riyadh, Friday today. Hopefully you're watching this before the racing in uh, Riyadh uh, on Friday because there's a very good card, International Jockeys Day, Ryan Moore's there, Safi Osborne, etc. Damian Oliver, Lisa Allpress. I could list plenty. Um, So make sure you have a look at that card, though it is very difficult. And then Saturday is Saudi Cup Day over in Riyadh. So again, another fantastic day full of action. A couple of Arabian races, mainly thoroughbred races. Uh, and obviously, the Saudi Cup is the feature with $20 million on the line. White Abario, the right favourite for me. Ired Ortiz and Rick Dutro team up. read actually rode at Gulfstream yesterday, all the way up until race six before flying over the Saudi. So, you know, this is a man who's uh, desperate for winners right now. <clears throat> and with White Abario, he gets uh, on the Breeders' Cup Classic winner, as you say. The issue for White Abario is he's drawn the inside hole. He's in gate one. Now, he's a stalker at riyadh on the track there's a big camber on the turns on the dirt track if you're drawn inside it's generally considered a positive at any venue but i actually prefer to be outside in riyadh that's the one negative i have against white and why he's drifted in price there are lots of japanese horses in the race as well and that's kind of where i'd be going with my selection either Ushbe Tezora, who would come from way off the speed but won uh, back in Maidan, so it's proven in the middle east um last year or derma Sotugake, though the incident that, that's you know holding up the news right now is that he uh, had a little bit of a fight on the plane over uh, and he's got an injury to his eye so that's definitely a little concern um but otherwise it's a very good race lots of speed in there i anticipate a stalker or a closer will come out on top uh but really looking forward to that jess
0: yeah I- i'd imagine so i th- i thought it was interesting i don't know whether we've got the strongest lot of horses from an irish and uk perspective i know at tower of london you've got uh Horses like Anaf, you've got. There are good horses, but for the prize money, I was a bit surprised. Maybe a lot of them save for Maidan or or over in Dubai. Anyway,
2: yeah, it's not the strongest uh, of groups. Luxembourg's over there with a good chance. for Aidan O'Brien, as he always does, you know, goes around the world and tries to dominate races. Aidan doesn't. He has phenomenal success, so you can't write Luxembourg off. And I think he's a pretty short favourite for uh, his contest. But it's a good day, and if you don't know too much about the Saudi horses in general. I mean, they're pretty strong, but they're probably a little bit below what you get from Japan and, and the U.S. So I would focus on the, the imports. One thing I will say on the undercard, if you've never watched Arabian races before, watch the 1240. It's the Obaya over one mile, two furlongs on the dirt. And it features the best Arabian horse in the world, Aspan Al-Khalidiyah. 15 out of 15, rated 127. Phenomenal animal.
0: OK, interesting. Right. We'll be following that all um, this weekend. As I said, also, um, subtle, uh, I think that might be where one of your selections has come this weekend. We've got the Winter Derby. We've got some good group group action. So with uh, all of that in mind, what have you got for us for our naps and next best?
2: Yeah, I'm going to go to Southall for my nap. Uh, huge day at the track, as you've already mentioned, with the Winter Derby. I was actually going to nap in the Winter Derby itself. but Unfortunately, my selection, Lions Pride, has not been declared. John and Thady Gosden instead are just sticking with Lord North. and he's probably a deserving favourite in that contest. But my nap comes in the 2.45, the first race on the card, the listed heaver sprint over the five furlongs. The, the market for this race is very interesting. Clarendon House is around even money, 11 to 10 right now. Diligent Harry uh, is 7 to 2, and then it's like 12, 14 to 1 bar. So it's billed as some sort of a match, albeit there's a big weight towards Clarendon House. I think the market is a little bit skewed. I think Clarendon House should be more 6 to 4, 7 to 4. Diligent Harry should be, Maybe nine to four, uh, five to two. So, with that being said, I'm going to nap Diligent Harry because at seven to two, he's a good value bet. Now, this is going to be a pretty stiff test for him. There's no doubt about it. We're used to seeing him over six furlongs, but that's where all of his successes come over. However, right back at the start of his career, he ran over five at Kempton and he was very good. Now, I know he was against much weaker opposition that day, but he showed good early speed, good natural speed, a wicked turn of foot and put the race to bed. This horse is very headstrong in his races over six furlongs. He even showed that on his return at Lingfield when he won under Ryan Moore. And I actually think the cutback on a straight track where he's going to get a perfect toe into the race, Fine Wine is drawn right next to him. He's a speedball. I think it's really going to suit him. So Diligent Harry in the 2.45 is my nap. I should also say Clarendon House coming back from Maidan, Very quick turnaround, bit of concern for me. And Diligent Harry is six from ten on the weather. Um, My next best, I'm going to go to Riyadh. I'm sorry if you don't want to bet at Riyadh, but I have no other selections uh, in the UK or Ireland. It's super tough. The jumps racing is full of small fields and really not enticing races. So my uh, next best is going to be in Riyadh, the 240 and a horse called Remake. Now, this event doesn't have too many good horses in it, I have to say. It is a sprint uh, and Japan, uh, Japan have got a couple of nice challenges in there. There's lots of early speed. You've got Jasper Crone from Japan. You've got Tuz from Dubai. You've got Skelly from the US, a proper winning machine, butter a speedball. And you've got Kairama from Saudi. All four of those horses are going to blitz from the front and it's going to be a, a ridiculous pace. It's going to set up for a closer. Remake finished third in this race last year behind Elite Power, uh, trained by Bill Moore, owned by Jodmont Farms. There is no horse of Elite Power's calibre in this field. If he can just rerun that race from twelve months ago on the back of a nice prep, where he finished second in Japan in a race dominated by forty placed horses, I think Remake's got a great chance in the two forty Riyadh around two to one.
0: Okay, great, great um, insight there to what we've got on offer in, in Riyadh, and also um, the, this, the the sprinters, the all weather uh, lovers over in Saddle, because I think that might be just a little go a little bit under the radar with so much going on. But it's a, a fine sprint that and. Um, a, a, Quite a good looking winter derby which we'll come back to when i um, pick up my selections but or maybe ross has got some thoughts about the winter derby and some of the all-weather racing internationally what have you found for us this weekend ross
1: yeah no i, I stayed away from the all-weather um and I've, I've stuck for both of mine at kempton i normally like a good look at chepstow but i found that a very hard card to get grip of so the nap comes in the 227 which is the pendle chase at kempton and it's the mare arc light I think she was the first horse I mentioned on Handicap moves and Shakers this season. She, she won very nicely over two mile two at this track. And I pretty much got her right. I said, she, I think she went up something like six or eight pounds. And I said, that's not going to touch her. She'll win again. Right-handed. She'll stay further. The one concern I had was whether she'd like soft ground. She won an extra on her next start at a pretty decent price. And then she won at Wincanton where I actually sat on my hands because the ground was soft and testing and she was against Marsh Wren, who is a really tough hardy mare who loves testing ground. She brushed her aside really easily. Only an official winning margin of two lengths, but she had her all ends up for all of the home straight at Wincanton, jumped the last and idled. We've just seen now on Thursday what a good mare Marsh Wren is. She's gone over to to Turles and beating the Irish over there when we have to give huge praise to Stuart Edmonds for some adventurous campaigning to go and land a good pot with her. It just makes uh, Art-like look even better. She'll love this track. The ground now isn't a concern. Tamuris for Paul Nichols is the favourite. He is just ever so, ever so soft in a finish. He's looking like he's not loving his job at the moment, to my mind. Uh, I think the biggest danger might come from Blow Your Wad for Tom Lacey, who ran no sort of race at all at Cheltenham last time, but I don't think the track suited he was good at this trap before, and he gets cheap pieces on. But he has to give her £6. I think she's a really good mare in the making. I don't think they've got anywhere near to the bottom of her yet. So, like is the nap in the 227 at Kempton. And then my next best, I'm taking a little bit of a flyer here. It's in the 410. It's the Tom George-trained Champagne Mystery. Now, he received... One of the most inefficient rides you will ever see in your life at Chatham last time by Monsieur Guffignac from France, who spotted the field five plus lengths out the tape. Wanted to hold him up. No issue with that, but you don't need five lengths of daylight in front of you to do so. Champagne Mystery pulled very hard onto the back of their coattails after about two fences. Tanked through the race, made a couple of jumping errors, where to my mind he was just unsighted at fences right down there the rail in behind the horse in front of him, pulled wide at the top of the hill, I mean, at least five wide, possibly six, and went from the back of the field to the front of the field in a matter of strides. It was a very rushed move, came swinging down the hill and looked like he was going to bolt up and then just sort of emptied. But given the inefficiency of the ride, that's not a surprise. He got dropped two pounds for that run down to a mark of 128. He's been with... uh, Tom George's son in France and has been running very well on soft ground. Previously, before that, he was with Nicky Henderson in the UK, and they seem to think he liked better ground, but he was rated as high as 144 at one point. Soft ground in France has has suited him fine, so I have no issue with the ground here. He's obviously not quite as good as 144, but the way he tanked through the race at Cheltenham suggests there's still very much an engine in there, and he gets a massive jockey upgrade with emphasis on the massive, with Jonathan Burke taking the ride here, Um, he doesn't look a deep race. I think this track perhaps will suit him better. So the next best is a tentative go at Champagne-Mystery at what should be a decent price in the 410.
0: Okay, right. Very interesting thoughts of that. And let's see Champagne-Mystery can get his his heyday, the 410, as you say, uh, champagne mystery and uh, Arclight looking to keep up her good run of form and uh, add another one to her form figures in the 227. So that keeps you interested at Kempton uh, from Ross's perspective. I am going to take you back to Southall for my nap. Now, this is interesting as Lord North, uh, we have not seen him since he won... uh, in Dubai, uh, in Maidan in the uh, Dubai turf, a race that we know full well is what's going to be his big aim. He he, uh, he clearly needs a run into him before heading back over to Meydan. But for whatever reason, the winter derby is now at Southall. And because of that, um, the, the race that this winter derby isn't over a mile and a quarter as it's normally been. It's over a, a furlong further, over one mile three. So there's probably a bit of value to the Lord North because of that concern that he might not quite see out this trip. And I think we've heard from Jonathan D. Gosden that it might just test his stamina, but they really do want to get a run into him. But... He really, with an official rating of 120, he is outclasses all his rivals. The next best from a a ratings perspective is Aiden and Military Order, um, uh, who both have a rating of 109. So. There's a huge disparity between him and the rest and what he's done. Aiden hasn't been seen for 665 days. Uh, he was last seen running a, a huge fourth in the 2000 guineas of that year. But now with Andrew Balding, he has a lot of time to make up. Military order, again, in that race was a little bit disappointing that he couldn't go past Enemy uh, at Saddle last time uh, in, in, in a bit of a, a tactical sort of type of race. Turanian C is the one I'm, I'm interested in, but he's definitely going to have to improve. Lord North for me is is far too good for this field um and i think around about 13 to 8 you're never going to get a price that sort of big for him in in this kind of context if it was a race over one mile two so that's just probably the, the nervous point for lord north but he should be too good. And we'll see if he might just be able to hold on. We'll see how Rob Havlin elects to ride him. But he will be all roads back for another crack at the Dubai Tough at Maidan at the end of March. So that's Lord North, who's my nap. Next best. We haven't talked about the Ida Chase. Erase um, that uh, again, a marathon affair at Newcastle on Saturday. Possibly, and I know that both TC and Ross have said before the recording. This is this is no vintage renewal. It could have been could be run anywhere midweek, but I'll give it a bit of due. We'll, we'll just give it. I just wanted to give one selection for it. Anglers Craig is the favourite. Has been very progressive. He's up a, a whopping eleven pounds for his recent success at Musselboro. So he has to defy another massive hike up in the ratings. Whether he can do that, I'm not so sure. So. I'm going to take him on with a second favourite at present, which is Fenland Tiger for the England team, who have been in cracking form this season. uh, They've really been placing themselves, their horses, very well. This horse is three out of four over fences. He's very progressive, but he's very game. He's a really competitive horse. He likes to get into a battle. He has had two runs in a short space of time in January. Um, so that always takes a lot out of a horse, but he seems to really enjoy his racing. The ground has just been ideal for him over the last few months. Um, he really likes this deep, heavy ground. And considering the favourite has gone up 11 pounds, this horse has just gone up six pounds for his race, recent success. I think he's probably got a, a slightly more favourable chance at the weight. So for me, Fenland Tiger is my next best in the Ida Chase, which has got the 13 runners at Newcastle on Saturday. So that's it. That's all our naps and next best. Don't forget that competition we have uh, where you can uh, tweet SPK or comment underneath this podcast on YouTube with your selections for the 337 at Kempton. We've given... Um, our own selections. Uh, I'll remind you, Tweed Skirt for Ross, Lord Babsley for uh, TC, I've gone for Phlegmatic and Killer K, but there's racing all over the world uh, this weekend, so definitely enjoy yourself. Um, a reminder, if you're new to the podcast, new SBK users get £30 of free bets when you sign up and bet £10 for the first time. Head to SBK, we have lots of off- other offers and promotions throughout this weekend and we will be back with you with hopefully reviewing a few winners from this weekend next week.